You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And good morning or good afternoon to all of you out there on this glorious Sunday. Uh, the Sunday of, I guess, a prolonged Thanksgiving weekend. I hope all of you had a great Thanksgiving. I know I did. I'm curious to know. I mean, I got my phone calls. You know, I always, even, despite all the warnings that we give to everybody about Thanksgiving and about the hazards and about the potential problems, etc., you think, you know, we, I'm going to go through Thanksgiving with not a single call. Uh-uh, didn't happen. We're going to talk about those calls in just a minute. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Warber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And we're here for you. We're here to answer your questions. We're here to talk about your pets. Just give me a call. You can reach us at 877-385-8882. Once again, area code 877-385-8882. You can also log on to PetLifeRadio.com and just go ahead and you click on the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab. It's on the far left and you will be right here and you can just go ahead and join a conversation. You can also join us, I hope, on Google Hangouts. We're doing something new. And uh, there's a link on the website, and you can actually be live right here with us, and we can talk about pets. So um, once again, I want to thank our sponsors, which are ProSense Pet Products and Kong, who are helping me be here with you every Sunday, every week. to talk about your pets. Don't be bashful. Don't be shy. Give us a call or join in the conversation, or now join us live online. So Thanksgiving, the day was going really well, you know, preparing, family, a lot of fun. And all of a sudden, the first call comes in that this is while we are, at, you know, haven't even sat down to eat yet. And I get the page and I call it, it happens to be someone, a friend of mine, a client of mine. And he made this huge chocolate cake. We're talking a full chocolate cake, chocolate icing, chocolate all the way. And he was sort of going back and forth between the kitchen and his big screen TV in his den. And all of a sudden, he hears something fall on the floor, runs into the kitchen and there is his dog licking his chop after devouring. He says at least, at least three quarters of the cake, maybe even more. So, you know, again, it's, it was a big dog, but it was also a big cake. And typically we tell people that, that the chocolate that's in baked products is usually not as toxic, as potent as the chocolate that you might find on a baker's chocolate bar, which is pure chocolate. Uh, that's the one that's really dangerous. But then again, do you want to sit there? early on, trying to enjoy your Thanksgiving, only to find out that your brain is always going back, uh-oh, what if, what if it was too much, who knows? So I told them, look, most likely we're fine. But if you really want that peace of mind to happen within the last 15 minutes, why don't you give him some hydrogen peroxide? You gave him hydrogen peroxide. He texted me about 10 minutes later, doc, it worked, great, thank you so much. And now at least he's able to enjoy the rest of his day without having to worry about his dog. So um, that unfortunately happens. I did not get any turkey bone or calls. That's a problem because, again, poultry bones are too soft. The dogs love them, of course. When I was carving our turkeys, we had two. My dogs literally were parked underneath me waiting, just waiting for a little bit of the treats, which, of course, I'm a sap. And I give it to them. Of course, it's pure meat. It's no skin. I try to avoid uh, the dark meat. It's a little too fatty. But they all did fine. And they love me even more because I give in to those sad eyes. I don't overdo it. We're talking a little small amounts. But I can indulge so they can enjoy the Thanksgiving as much as everybody else. Then got a call. Really nothing to do with Thanksgiving. But it's just so typical that it's a holiday. You like to enjoy it. And this dog got into a 
bottle, freshly made bottle of one of the very popular non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, actually one of my favorite. And the problem is, you know, these drug companies are always trying to make it easier for us to administer the medications to our pets, whether it's going to be the vehicle, how it's delivered, whether it's going to be a chewable, if it's taste, whether it's going to be something you can, like a stab, you know, a lot of drugs compounded. For example, cats that are sometimes impossible to pill. There are compounding pharmacies that can take some of the very common medications that we even use and put them in a transdermal delivery system, which is like a little salve, a little something you just stick on their ears, and it absorbed into the ear, and they reach its blood levels, and it's as if you gave it to them orally. Certainly, there's an injectable antibiotic now called Convenia, which we all love, and especially cat owners, cat parents love it, thus the name Convenia, because basically, you are administering two weeks of antibiotics in one single shot. That means no more fighting with this cat once or twice a day for 14 days or whatever it is to give the, uh, the necessary antibiotic. It's done as an injection, and it is a godsend. So that makes it real easy. But this particular medication, it's a non-steroidal. It's very common. Uh, it's used for post-operative pain. It's used for any kind of pain, really. It's, we use it a lot for arthritis, bad joints, bad knees, bad hips, and um, it's really tasty. And it's a chewable. In fact, when it first came out on the market, we started getting these calls about the toxicities. I even told them, kind of half-joking, tongue-in-cheek, I said, guys, you made it too good. It's too tasty. And these animals, they're watching you put it away. And they're jumping on counters. They're opening up cabinets to try to get to it. So, well, of course, with any medication, we strongly caution our pet owners to keep them in places where they are unreachable for pets. And it's interesting, they'll say, I hear this, well, you know, I have it in a child-proof container. Are you joking? A child-proof container for a dog, they can get through that faster. I mean, (laughs) without pulling the top off, they can crack that thing open faster than you can pull the top off. So uh, yeah, that doesn't mean anything to a dog. So you have to make sure that you have it tucked away. But this was, you know, kind of dangerous. We have to treat them very, very, very seriously, not to mention the damage they can do to the gastrointestinal tract, but they have severe potential liver toxic effects. So we have to be very careful and making sure that we treat accordingly. If, if it happened within the first couple of hours, we can induce vomiting, get them on, on activated charcoal, charcoal to help minimize or reduce the absorption, and then uh, gastroprotectants and liver protectants as well to make sure, and of course, fluid support. That's one of the keys. So this one particular dog went home yesterday, but it's really, it's one of those things come the holidays. And, and this is only, right, this is the second, if you want to count the chocolate and candy and candy wrapper and all of those problems we've discussed associated with Halloween. Now we're going into where we just finished Thanksgiving. In a week or so, we have Hanukkah and then we have Christmas. It's just, it's going to be, you know, potentially it could be disastrous for our pets, but we want to make sure we take the precautions. We want to make sure we have a lot of fun. So um, anyway, I don't know if you all had a chance to see on Thanksgiving day, it was foxes. They had their whole rescue show. It was a tribute to rescue pets and rescue agencies. And it was uh, really cute, a lot of great rescue dogs. And then in contrast to that was the Purina Dog Show, which I'm, uh, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm very torn because I, I try to not have people breed anymore. I think we have such a huge problem with pet overpopulation. But I still happen to be in awe over some of these breeds, these pure breeds and how amazing they are trained and how amazing they look. I mean, the bearded collie, the Newfoundland, the Frenchie, the Frenchie, my, one of my favorite dogs came in best in class uh, and the non-sporting dogs. That was really cool. And then that's uh, Sky Terrier who won the whole thing. But I'm telling you, if you got a chance to see it, those dogs are absolutely magnificent. 
But then in contrast to that was watching this show on the, the special on the rescues. And that was, that was really amazing too. They showed one dog. It was such a sad story, pure neglect, abuse. This poor thing was skin and bone picked up, taken from the shelter, was about to be put to sleep. And it was treated, hand-fed, fluids. I mean, all the things you need to do to slowly, slowly build this dog up. And then they show it afterwards at a home with another dog in a family. And this dog was just having a blast. It was just unbelievable to see. So that's a really nice uh, nice story. And it's so nice to hear. So if you want to do something great and holidays are coming up, adopt a pet. How great would that be? Uh, it would be great for your home. I think I just told you about this, but my um, my son felt badly that his solo dog was solo, and he uh, he works, so you know, the, the dog was alone a lot. He could take him to work often, but so he went and he saw it's a French, it's a French bulldog named Carlos, and he uh, saw he went onto an English bulldog rescue site here in Los Angeles, and he found Mo. Mo was a they said nine, but we found out looking go through his paperwork, he's probably eight year old pretty badly neglected. I, I really don't like the term abuse. It wasn't like he was beat up or, or tortured in any way, but he, he just no one really took good care of him. His skin was in bad shape. He was underweight. Very, very like he was very fearful of people. I just, he just didn't have much interaction. He wasn't socialized and he was up for adoption. So my son thought, you know, you know it's tough sometimes to adopt a dog that you know you're not going to have for a long time. And I you know, equate it to people that I know, some of them, many clients of mine, because I see these dogs that do the puppy raising for the Canine Companions for Independence or for the you know, Guide Dogs of America. And so you know, these are dogs that they're usually in-house bred dogs. Retrievers, now they're mixing labs and goldens. But you know, whatever dog they use, whatever breed they use, and they have to get them socialized and, and basic training. So they send them to people who just take them for the first six months before they can start their rigorous training, sometimes even uh, up to a year, maybe 10 months. And I say, how do you do that? You go through the hardest part. You're doing the paper training. You're doing the house training. You're training them to sit, stay, heal, all those things. And they are, you know, they're growing up. They're starting to become so much a part of your family. And then you give them up. And it's got to be so tough. And, you know, they say that the payoff is so worth it, so much worth it. That's why they do it. And that's how I feel about my son, Brandon, getting Mo. So anyway, Mo is... He's put on the weight. He is so well-trained. He is house-trained already. And it took him three minutes to start getting along with Carlos. And I have it at our house now. And again, I have five dogs. And my little guy is my Frenchies. He took two right away. My very old Labrador took two right away. Yesterday, we worked on the Labradoodle and my younger Labrador, both of whom are not necessarily the friendliest dog to strange dogs, to people, yes, but not to other dogs. Anyway, they are so cute together, it's unbelievable. So if you have an opportunity, that's what I'd recommend as you are preparing to think about what am I going to get for the kids for the holidays. And when we come back, I'm going to also give you some thoughts to think about, things to think about when thinking about gifts for others. So don't go away. We'll be right back here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio, here on Google Hangouts, and uh, we'll see you back in a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. We mature, handsome types need a little special attention. Does your dog suffer from joint and arthritis pain? Deteriorating muscle and joint problems are very common in aging dogs. 
it's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense joint care products can help make your dog's life as pain-free as possible, providing effective relief for flare-ups and also lubricate and strengthen damaged cartilage. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Looking for the best advice on pet health, safety, and travel? Connect with The Pet Lady. Dana Humphrey, also known as The Pet Lady, will surely be in a city near you real soon. She will be spreading the good news for pets and pet lovers from tips on dog and cat care, pet industry trends, and the best events for you and your four-legged family members. Need a great gift idea or insights on the hottest pet gadgets? Simply follow The Pet Lady on Twitter at PetLadyWorld. You can also learn more at the Pet Lady at thepetlady.net. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio Talk and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. Now, we just finished talking about, well, holidays and also rescue pets after the Fox Dog Rescue Celebration a special that aired on Thanksgiving. And, you know, as we know, and I know there's so many programs here on Pet Life Radio that seem to highlight the plight of many of these animals and, and the rescue world. And um, I, I encourage people to, when they have an opportunity, if they have an opportunity, if they're thinking about getting a pet, before you start looking at these pure breeds, which, you know, could be great. I have some pure breeds as well. But man, the rescue dogs are amazing. It's like you're getting the best of both worlds, uh, not to mention you're saving a life. So they're going to save your life because they're going to bring so much life into yours. And yet you're saving a life as well. Because I'm telling you, there's so many animals that are continually being put to sleep in our shelters. And we're talking very wonderful, adoptable animals. But one caution, I unfortunately hear about this all too often. If, and I mean, if you were thinking about getting a pet for someone else, I would stop thinking right now. It's great to have the thought. And even if you know that they are looking or want, it's something you don't want to spring on them because what tickles your fancy may not tickle theirs. And then this poor creature is going to be brought back into a shelter. So if you are thinking that that's what you want to do, there are some other ways to go about it. Number one, if it's for a family and the gift is really for children, then take one of the parents with you to the shelter and make it a joint decision. It's really ultimately their decision, but at least if you're really more of a, of a pet savvy person, you can help guide them, but it's really got to be their decision. 
if it's for everybody and you want to surprise them, give them a gift certificate to include, say, the pet, the adoption fee, whatever shots come with it, et cetera, and give it that way and let them go to the shelter of their choice. Or you can even make, you know, that there's a great rescue or a great shelter out there. You can send them. That's okay. But let them do the choosing because I can't tell you how many stories I hear that someone gets a gift. It's a pet. And, you know, it's not like getting a watch or a TV set. I mean, we're talking something that even if you don't like it or you already have it, right, and you want a different model or you want a different size, you can return it. That's not what you want to do with your pets. So you want to make the right choice at the beginning. And uh, so that's what I recommend you do. Kind of make it a joint fun project as opposed to just springing a pet onto somebody. And especially if you don't know or if you've been trying to talk to me to it, they keep saying, no, no, no. And your solution is, okay, I got it. I got it. I'm going to surprise them with the pet. It's going to be fantastic, right? Oh, my God. That's a huge mistake. Don't even think about doing that. So moving on, you know, I like to, uh, we have a couple of pet news sites that I kind of peruse. And this, I found a couple of stories that I found very interesting. Number one, China is building a $31 million, ready for this, animal cloning facility that's going to be ready in about a year. They plan to clone, raise, and sell dogs, racehorses, and cattle. And of course, the animal community is up in arms because they're claiming, wait a second, time out. We just got to talk, finish talking about the rescues and about these animals and shelters and how many are being put to sleep. Do we really want to contribute to that number? And uh, their answer is, no, no. First of all, we're not interested in, in pets. It's going to be cattle for industry uh, and food. It's going to be racehorses, which, as we know, is big business. It's going to be uh, endangered species. That's a big one. And what else do they also want to do? Oh, and um, search and rescue dogs. That's a biggie because there's something, some innate talent in these dogs. What they want to do is they want to be able to promote and help breed more of these search and rescue dogs. So they plan on cloning very successful dogs and, uh, and contributing that way. But I thought that was rather, rather interesting. You know, even when you have, for example, identical twins, which are the same genetic material, science has shown there's a lot of similarities, even the way they look. And, but if they're raised in completely different environments, if they were separated at birth, for example, and adopted out, we know that their basic nature and personality can be modified by environment. So just because you clone a dog and your favorite dog and has the best behavior and whatever quirks it has and you want to you you know, duplicate those, don't think for a second that that's going to happen. And they've shown that time and again that it's not the same because there are so many other factors that go into how our pets develop, how we develop, that it's not a guarantee that just because you're using the exact same genetic material, you're going to get the exact same pet. So keep that in mind if you're even thinking about it personally. I think the beauty of having pets that don't have all the same personalities makes it even more fun. You know, inevitably, you know, what I see from future pets, and I tell this to people all the time that are, that are faced with the difficult decision of having to say goodbye, and I hear the following, I'm never going to do this again. Never getting another pet. You get too attached. You get to this. You get to that. It's so sad. Yeah, it's sad. But what's even sadder is not having a pet in your life. And what I tell people all the time, I tell them, don't wait too long, because my feeling is that the best way to memorialize a deceased pet is through a future pet. How? Because inevitably, and we see it, I see it to this day, I mean, I, I have a lot of animals in the house, that there's always going to be something. It's a, it's a behavior. It's an expression. It's a quirk. It's a vocalization. It's something that you will find yourself saying, oh, my God, 
so-and-so, a past pet, used to do that. I'm forever talking about it when I see my dog. I mean, one of my past yellow labs, name was Chester. He was the most adorable dog, but impossible. I always joke that what he was lacking in brain, he made up for in heart. And trust me, he had a huge heart. So you could play the analogy. And now my current yellow lab, all right, and his name is Tommy. And he's Chester all over again. He's Chester reborn, no doubt about it. He's a pea brain, but he's got a heart as big as gold. He loves to swim, as did Chester. He is wild. He runs through the house. If there, he, he has to find a toy. He can't be running around without a toy in his mouth. And that is Chester. So I'll never forget Chester because I have Tommy. And it's the same thing with my first one, Thor, who is this magnificent black lab. And when I say first, my first personal dog, not a family pet. He was my high school graduation present who went away to college with me. I took him up to Berkeley. He got to go to class with me. He would walk on camp. We were inseparable. He was on my side almost all the time. And it was the best. So that's how we memorialize our pets. So I think that it's a great idea to get for somebody, but don't spring it on somebody. Make sure they're ready. And uh, if you can, go shopping with them. Another uh, quickie, uh, as we're getting low on time here, there is a bug. And many may have heard of it called a kissing bug. It's the... uh, triatamine or triatamine or triatomine bug, and it carries a disease called Chagas disease, C-H-A-G-A-S. And the reason they get the name kissing is because they literally will, especially when you're sleeping, they live in houses that crawl in your bed and they'll like literally bite you right on the lips. And if they carry this particular disease, you could get this disease and without treatment, it's potentially deadly. So of course, the headline says deadly kissing bug is now in Texas and Georgia and Pennsylvania, expecting everybody in Texas, Georgia, and Pennsylvania to lock up shop. You know, no, the likelihood of, of death. Well, first, the likelihood of getting Chagas disease is low and likelihood of death is even lower because it could be treated. But it's uh, yes, if you are bitten and they're carrying the disease and you don't get treatment, yes, then yes, there's a possibility of dying from the bite. But I wouldn't panic too much. But it is interesting that the kissing bug, you may have heard of it, is out there. It's real. And uh, it's now here in the U.S. as well. And lastly, they were talking about a case, and I had to laugh when I read it because I had this exact same thing. When dogs swallow things, one of the things we do is, in a sense, we hope that it is will be radio opaque, meaning it'll show up on x-ray. So one time I took, the dog was vomiting, it was sick. There was history that may have eaten a toy and a plastic, one of the kid's toys. So I take the x-ray, and what do I see? I see, as clear as can be, two AA batteries sitting in the stomach. And, uh, well, that's probably why, you know, they're pretty toxic. And there's a lot of battery acid in there. It can ruin the heck out of the esophagus. And sure enough, we have to go in surgically and remove the batteries. If you're lucky enough to have a scope, if if they're strong enough, the grabbers on the scope, you might be able to pull them out. But uh, this dog ended up doing just great. But anyway, I saw, I guess... It's probably one of those things that that I would be silly to think that I'm the only veterinarian who ever took batteries out of a dog's stomach. So anyway, there you have it. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We are trying this new Google Hangout thing. If you go on and click on our, you know, the Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff tab, right under the Join the Conversation, you'll see a little um, alert that says, got a question? You can just join us on Google Hangout and click here to join. And there's the link. And just uh, click on it. And next time I want to hear from you, I want to see you. I want to see your picture, your face live. Talk to me here on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to our sponsors, ProSense and Kong. And we'll see you right here, same time next week. Have a great week, everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.